So you're pregnant. Congratulations. Now what? You better start searching for all the right baby gear. What kind of crib are you going to buy? How about that car seat? Not to mention the cute outfits. What name are you going to pick? What's your birth plan? Will you stay at home after the baby is born or go back to work? <sighs> okay, just breathe, mama. There are a ton of questions to answer when you find out you're having a baby. I can guarantee that you're feeling at least a little bit overwhelmed, especially if this is your first time. So how can we calm the chaos in your mind about becoming a mom so that you can actually enjoy it when your sweet baby gets here? We'll be talking about all things motherhood, including ways to help you prepare not just for the baby, but for your life after your baby arrives. Are you dreaming of a peaceful and joy-filled motherhood? I can bet that you are. Let's make it happen, shall we? My name is Mary Stover, and this is the Happy Motherhood Podcast. Hi, friends, and welcome back to the Happy Motherhood Podcast. I'm really glad that you're here. I'm going to apologize right now for my voice. It's like a little scratchy. I don't know if I'm coming down with a cold or COVID or what, but um, today I'm going to be talking about actual baby gear. I know a lot of times I say that um, my business, Your Happy Motherhood, is um, more than just preparing well for motherhood by buying the right things. You know, I like to talk about designing your motherhood, how you dream it to be, having important conversations with your husband on what you want your family values to be, um, preparing for life after the baby arrives and all those fun things. Um, but this episode, I'm actually going to be talking about the baby gear which is really fun when you become, um, or when you're expecting, you just want to go out and buy all the things, right? You want to get the cute outfits and the, you start looking up nursery decor and it is so much fun. And I want you to enjoy that for sure. But I'm not, I'm not going to be talking about all the cute things today. I'm going to be talking about the, um, what I feel are the top seven must have baby year items to survive your newborn phase. Now we have five kids, my husband and I, so we've been through the newborn phase five times. And um, these seven items really can make a difference in how well that those three you know, plus months go for you. Um, and then also allows you to kind of look down the road if you ever want to have more kids. Um, you know, this is not just an investment for just your first baby. You're going to be stuck with these things for a while, unless you want to spend a lot more money, um, you know, when you have your second and third and so on. So I'm going to talk about these seven items. And I, I first to say a little something about the newborn phase, it is wonderful and torturous all at the same time. There's a reason that sleep deprivation is a form of torture when like they have prisoners of war. <laughs> It is actual torture uh, to not be able to sleep. And I'm not saying that to scare you. And I'm sure I'm not the first person to have told you that once your baby arrives, you will never sleep and blah, blah, blah. You don't want to hear that. And um, I'm not going to um, beat a dead horse here. But it is, I want you to be able to enjoy it as much as you can. Um, and while it is really, really difficult, I want you to be able to 
listen to your baby and be able to pick up on their cues a little bit more easily um, or the best that you can anyway, as you're adjusting to sleep deprivation. And I don't want you to have to be dealing with the annoying, like you got the baby gear because it was trendy, but it really is silly. You don't even need it. Or so taking up space and cluttering your, your home or cluttering up your mind or whatever. I want you to be able to try to transition into motherhood a little bit more smoothly, a little bit more easily be able to pick up on those baby cues and figure out what your baby needs a little bit more easily. So hopefully these seven items will help you to do that. Um, <clears throat> first, the first thing I'm going to recommend is a good quality car seat and stroller system. Now we, my husband and I used a, the car carriers that you can, um, put the baby in and then they just drop into the stroller. And um, we've used two different brands and I'll talk about those two brands and which one we like more. But specifically, obviously you want to get one that's safe for the baby. And they all are, they all have to pass some, you know, crash tests and all that. But you want to get one that has good ratings. Um, don't, don't just go by price and assume that the one that's the most expensive is going to be the best. Might not necessarily be so. So just do your research. Um, but a couple of things to look for. One, the ease of installation of the car seat into your car. Um, you know, how easy is it in, to install into the car? Number two, does it, this is just a little thing that has always been so annoying whenever you're trying to lay your baby into the car seat especially if they're sleeping, the newborns like to sleep or they hopefully like to sleep a lot. So let's say you have to take them to their, their first doctor's appointment and they're sleeping and you're trying to get them into the car seat carrier and the straps keep falling in. If you're a mom, you know what I'm talking about. You prop this, the, the, the seatbelt straps off to the side on the left and the right, and you go to put them in and they, before you put the baby in, the straps fall in and they fall underneath and you have to kind of pull everything out again. It's, it's so annoying, so difficult when you're trying to put the baby in very gingerly, hopefully not waking the baby up. So something to look for and see if they, you know, make the straps long enough that they can be propped up on either side of the car seat. I wish I could show you a video of what I'm talking about. Um, Something to look for, you know, think down the road when you are looking for a car seat and stroller combination. Make sure that stroller is easy to maneuver. When we first um, got became parents, we got this, you know, baby car seat and stroller system, but the stroller just would not move. It would not, it was very difficult to push with one hand. And that might not be that big of a deal when you have just one baby, but when you have let's say a toddler and a baby that you're trying to push the, the baby in the stroller and your toddler insists on holding your hand instead of holding onto the stroller or I'm um, just walking beside you or you need to hold the toddler's hand for safety reasons. It's so hard sometimes to push these strollers. Some of them are just really poorly designed. So if you can, I would recommend testing out a stroller just to see how easy it is to maneuver or look at the reviews online and and see if anybody has mentioned that. Um, now, I mentioned the brands before. Uh, we have tried Chico and we've tried Graco. 
Um, I would definitely recommend Chico over Greco. Greco was the worst stroller ever. <laughs> I don't want to put the company down, but it just, it was awful. And we held on to that thing for so long because I was too stubborn to get a different one. But we finally um, bit the bullet and got a Chico stroller. And it's so much better to maneuver. Um, just so much better. You just also I talk about talking about the stroller. You want to make sure it's going to fit, fit in your trunk properly. How much space is it going to take up? Like how compact can it get? Those are things you want to think about, especially, you know, if you are living in a city versus suburbs, um, you know, do you not have a car? Do you, are you living in the city where you need a stroller that you can really easily um, break down and put on the subway? Whatever the case is, those are things that you need to think about when you are looking at um, your car seat and stroller. So that's item number one. Item number two, a bassinet. Now we, when we became parents, we had our, the nursery for our son all set up and it was all cute. I had all the clothes in the dresser organized and, and the little um, rocking chair, the glider seat or whatever. We had all of that set up, the diapers all ready to go. And we brought him home and <laughs> we basically disassembled all that stuff and moved it into our room. Having been through a couple nights in the hospital, we just did not want to have to leave our room. And it sounds silly if you um, have never been through the sleep deprivation before. I know this sounds silly to even have to walk down the hallway to go to the nursery. If you lay your baby down at night and, you know, you make it all the way back to your bed and you lay down thinking you're going to sleep and then the baby starts crying again, then you have to get back up. You see where I'm going with this. So Having a bassinet in your room beside you can really, really be helpful. Um, I don't think we used uh, the nursery for my first son for like the first three months. And then we continued that tradition with all of our other kids. We had them in our room for at least three months and it just worked for us. So think that through the logistics of that, what makes sense for you. Um, for any of you mamas to be I talked about, you know, having the nursery all set up for any of you mamas to be who don't maybe don't have the funds to decorate a nursery or maybe you don't even have the space uh, to set up uh, your baby's own room to start. I don't want you to panic. Um, by the time we had our fourth, we were in the middle of moving. So we had sold our home and our new home wasn't finished being built yet. So we were living with our parent, my parents. <laughs> In this small room, um, we brought our fourth son home from the hospital and all we had in there was a place to change his diaper and the bassinet. And that's it because that's all there was room for. And it worked. I mean, we made it work. Newborns don't, you know, they're, they're tiny and people say that when you bring home a baby, their stuff kind of takes over the entire house. They really, truly don't need a ton of stuff. Um, they certainly don't need an entire room. So any of you mamas to be out there who might be feeling a little down the down in the dumps that you don't have space for um, a nursery for your baby to start or, you know, feeling sad about that, I want you to feel at ease. It is not the end of the world. Your baby just needs you, needs to be fed, needs to sleep and a place to change the baby. And that's that's all you need. Um, but yeah, definitely a bassinet is um, item number two, one of the top baby gear items I would recommend. Number three, a good 
quality baby monitor, perhaps with a video. Now we never had a video because, you know, became a mom so long ago. Those were not really all that popular back then. Um, but I think that probably would have been helpful to know, to have, you know, kind of a sneak peek of how my baby was doing. I remember when he would finally sleep because he really did not like to sleep when he was newborn. He really doesn't, still doesn't like to sleep, but that's another story. Um, I remember hover, like kind of hovering over him like a creepy mom to make sure that he is still, he was still breathing when, when he finally fell asleep because I was, you know, you're, you're a new mom. You don't know how this, how this goes or if something is wrong and people scare you to death about the whole SIDS talk and all of that stuff. So you, you really panic and worry when you should be resting. So having a good monitor with a video that you can actually see your baby would probably be really helpful um, for your peace of mind when you uh, are learning to become a mom to your baby. So that's item number three. Item number four, this is more of like a decision you need to make and then the kind of the gear that goes with it. So think about how you're going to handle when you need to get things done with your baby. Are you going to be the type of mom, like the kind of the kangaroo setup where you always are wearing the baby and you have a baby carrier, a sling um, or a wrap that you can wrap the baby in and have your baby on you all the time? Or are you going to want a little seat that you can put them in so that you can be hands-free and, you know, getting your things done, the laundry and the cleaning and the cooking, getting them done faster. Think about what you would like. Okay. Now, just a word of warning, you can have an idea in your mind of what you want to do and what you want that to look like. And your baby might not agree with you. They tend to have little minds of their own, even if they're tiny. And I can say we have a, a sling um, or a baby carrier that I could wear my son on my chest and, and do things, but he absolutely hated it. So that did not work for us. We had to have something that we could put him in. Um, so that was the only way I could get anything done. So again, just go into it with, um, with the idea that you, if you don't buy both things, either the, the, the carrier and the, um, and the baby seat, if you don't buy both, you decide to go one route instead of the other, go into it knowing you might need to hop on Amazon and buy the other quickly um, so that you don't go insane with constantly holding your baby. So that's item number four. Item number five. Oh, the sweet swaddle me blankets. The they're I think they're made by the brand that we use was Halo, or they're the they're the blankets that zip up and um, and they can Velcro, you can Velcro across their bot, their chest to hold their arms in, especially when they're newborn. Um, sometimes they can, if their arms aren't secure, they can feel like they're falling or they don't quite feel safe. And as you can imagine, it's probably a pretty harsh transition going from your snug little uterus to the cold air of the world. So those swaddle me blankets are a lifesaver. Now, they always taught us, you know, at the birthing classes, they taught us how to swaddle the baby in the blanket and we would always try it. And the, our son would stay in it for like two seconds and then <laughs> just be flailing around. And then we'd have to swaddle again 
or it just wasn't tight enough. Um, or when we were trying to burp him, it would come apart. And then when we didn't have this for our first two kids, and then when we had our third, we were in the hospital and they, they had got them all cleaned up and, and they laid him down next to me in the little bassinet thing. And he was in this Velcro swaddle me blanket. And he was as happy as can be as I've ever seen a newborn baby. And we immediately hopped on Amazon and, and ordered two of them to be sent to our house before we even got home because, um, that's how wonderful it was. He just felt he felt safe, I guess. And, um, we could never get the, the swaddle tight enough like they did, like the nurses did in the hospital. We just didn't have any practice where we, you know, we practiced, but what do we practice on? Basically nothing. <laughs> and when our son arrived, our first son, we didn't know what we were doing. So that those blankets are a huge lifesaver. I would definitely, definitely recommend those. Um, okay. Item number six. Again, this is more of a decision. This is about feeding your baby. Now you might go into being, you know, your motherhood saying, I am going to breastfeed my child and that is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I refuse to do anything else. Formula is bad news. You know, they always say breast milk is the best and it is. Um, but let's just say, and I'm not that I'm speaking from any personal experience, but let's just say that breastfeeding doesn't work out. It is very possible. Um, I would recommend having a really good pump and bottles and all the things that go with it. Um, I would recommend having that ahead of time. And they can be very expensive. But the good news is, I think with most insurance companies, you can get them literally for free. You would want to, I would call your health insurance company before you have your baby just to check. I would talk to them about, um, you know, getting the pump or, you know, ordering it when you're even still in the hospital and so that it's waiting for you when you get home, whatever you need to do there. But I started out um, insisting that I was going to breastfeed my kid and or I, I suffered through three plus months of pure agony of insisting that I was going to breastfeed him. And, um, it did not go well. I had mastitis a couple of times. Um, he was not getting enough. It was awful. And because I was so stubborn, I still insisted on doing it. And I did have a pump, but it was one of those ridiculous hand pumps that I, I thought, well, I'll just register for it because I'm going to be this rock star breastfeeding person. And, you know, I won't have any trouble. <laughs> I can just tell you, you can be the most stubborn person in the world. You cannot. There are some things you can fight through with breastfeeding, but when your kid is screaming because they're hungry and they're not getting enough, then you cannot force your way through that. You need other options. So I cannot stress this enough. Get a good breast pump, whether you're going to breastfeed or bottle feed. And even if you only breastfeed for three months or you only try and breastfeed for one week and you, but you still want to provide the, the milk to your baby, you can use the pump. Um, you know, it gives you options and it really relieves a ton of stress because you are the source of feeding this new person. And there's, 
I don't, I never realized the stress that comes with that. I just, I figured it would be a natural thing that I would be so good at it. And I just, what it just did not work out and talk about the guilt that comes with not being able to breastfeed your kid. That's for like a whole nother episode. Um, side note, I ended up basically formula feeding all of my kids and they're fine aside from their, you know, <laughs> super high energy. They're fine. Um, so if you find yourself in that situation, please, please, please don't feel bad. And I, I probably will do, um, a whole nother episode on this to kind of prepare you mamas to be for what might happen or the side, the sideways glances that you might get. If you say, I don't want to breastfeed, I, I want to empower you that it's okay if you decide not to. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely figure out what you want to do with feedings and then have your options available. I would even research the type of formula you would want to go to if breastfeeding doesn't work out. That way you don't have to make any decisions through sleep deprivation of, oh, I don't know what kind of formula to get. I hear this one's awful or this one's okay. Just decide that ahead of time. Um, again, prepare well, right? Decide that ahead of time and it your baby might not agree with that kind of formula. You might have to change, but at least you've done your research. So that's what I would recommend there. Last but not least, I would have, I would recommend having a basket or a caddy of all of the supplies you need to change your baby's diaper. Diapers, wipes, the diaper rash cream, all those fun things. Have them in one spot and have it be portable. Um, even if you live in a two-story home, you might want to have one on each floor. One at, on the first floor, one on the second floor, so you don't have to lug that thing around everywhere. But it's nice to have it all in one spot. And it's nice to be able to move it if you need to. Okay, that's just a quick little thing that I would recommend. It just really makes things easier for you when, you know, you're going to reach for that diaper because your baby just had a blowout. And, oh, great, there's nothing there. <laughs> there are no diapers in that, in my diaper basket. Um, or, you know, I'm... I, the baby just had a blowout. I'm on the first floor. I got to walk all the way up to the second floor and I am exhausted and haven't slept in two days. I really don't want to just, uh, that can make a big difference in, in how, um, that goes with changing your baby's diaper. So that's what I recommend there. Now, what is, here's kind of a little bonus. Do you want to know what I think was the absolute biggest waste of money? <laughs> and I've, I've heard mixed reviews on this, but hear me out. So I think a wipes warmer is the silliest thing ever. Also the, the PPTP, also the silliest thing ever, but I'm going to talk about the wipes warmer. Here's why it's the biggest waste of money. So, uh, as I said, moms have said that their babies love it. And yes, your baby will love the wipe warmer. It's not like they'll, you know, be thanking you for it when they're adults, but you know, the, usually wipes are super cold and they don't like that when you go to wipe their tush, it is too cold for them. And, um, you know, it makes kind of startles them and they might cry. The wipes warmer can be really nice, but what if they get super used to that? And then you have to go to change your baby when you're out and about at a doctor's appointment or they have a blowout and you're at the grocery store and you have to rush to the bathroom and change them in there. Are you, you know, are you going to carry your wipes warmer everywhere? And anyway, you have to plug them in. So 
then it's, it mean, it makes a difficult situation of having to change your baby in a public bathroom or even in the back of your trunk. It makes it a difficult situation, even more difficult if they've never felt the cold of the wipes. They're, they're already upset because they're in this weird place getting their diaper changed in the back of your trunk or in a public restroom on this like hard fold down table. You're in a weird place and then you're going to shock them with the cold wipe on their cute little tushies. <laughs> it does not go well. So I have found it's best to just use the wipes as they are. It makes your life so much easier when you are out and about. Um, that's just a little, a little tip of advice. I would not even register, but that's just me. Just a word of warning. Um, I would save your money there. Okay. So, um, now that those are my seven items plus one, I would never buy, um, again. Uh, and you can find, I have, of course, in my motherhood prep kit, I have a whole list of baby essential items just to prepare you for all of, all of your, um, your baby's life as a, as this cute little baby, all of the essentials, uh, more than just these top seven. Um, and that's all, all in a cute little checklist in the motherhood prep kit, along with a lot of other goodies in there. If you do not have that, go snag it. The link is in my, um, is in the show notes and also follow me on Instagram. The link is in my bio there as well. So I'll put all that in the show notes and, uh, go snag it. And thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with me for an episode of the Happy Motherhood Podcast. To hear more about me, what I do, and how I can help you, head on over to my website, yourhappymotherhood.com. In fact, I've got a free prep kit ready and waiting for you. The Motherhood Prep Kit. Just the jumpstart you need to start preparing well for your motherhood. Grab it at yourhappymotherhood.com and get going.